Are you ready? Yes, I don't know what I'm going to talk about, which is sometimes entertaining. Yep. And other times, it's not. Totally <laughs> <dull>. <laughs> we can fill 45 minutes, I'm sure. Uh, here comes the music bed. Isn't it scary? This is the first time we've played this music bed this year. That is super scary. Uh, good morning, good afternoon, good overnight. I'm Anthony, and he's... JB. When did we last do this, Ant? Um, a good two months ago. I think it was early November uh, when you and I were in Manchester together. So, oh yes, yes, a while ago. Right. Good old mm -hmm. Manchester. I enjoyed that little trip, actually. Indeed. For, for the benefits of the listeners, what have you been up to in the last two months? <laughs> <laughs> well, there is a good question. There is a good question. I have condensed thirty thousand words mm -hmm. into forty slides. Wow! What's the font size? <laughs> ginormous <laughs> um yeah no i've been I, I mean i might as well just write another flipping book but i have i have written an awful an awful lot in the last 18 months uh, i just sort of had everything that was in my head since i started working uh back in well my, I, I take myself back to 20 when i was 27 and i got into into radio uh, and then kind of ended up in corporate land, and and so I've I've written about all the things that I've noticed uh, about really good communication, really good collaboration, uh, the way people uh, actually have really powerful conversations at work, and those who don't. And I've talked to people, I've listened to people, I've added that in there, I've got expert sort of opinion and all sorts of things. Anyway, that's about 30,000 words of stuff and mm. now condensed into 40 slides. Nice. And uh, this is all part of the, the big thing that you and I know I'm doing. But it's, yeah. it's, take, it's taken a bit longer than I, than I yeah. thought. Starting in 1986, we're hoping to see some fruits of his labour at some point, listeners. Well, see, there's got to be a return on, on that investment <clears throat> at some point. Please. Yeah, yeah. goodness. Um, and how's everything in personal life of JB? Well, we haven't had as many bongo trips uh, as we would have liked. No. Um, but, but I tell you what, this summer, I think, is going to be a bonanza. It's going to be a bongo bonanza because... Uh, for those of you who haven't uh, listened to our previous podcasts, a bongo uh, is a little camper van. And this is this is my pride and joy. And it's got a bed in it. It's got a cooker. It's got a fridge. It's got everything that it's even got a pop up bedroom uh, and a, an awning and, and everything. So my wife and I go off on little trips together. And it, it was a way to get away from the kids and the and the dogs and, and everything else every so often. Whereas now we haven't got any kids living here anymore. So um, the, and the this, dog goes with you and the dog, um, the dog goes with us. But so so this summer, I think, is going to be a bonanza. We might even go as far as Scotland in it. Oh, if it makes that, it that that 500 mile. I thing. want to, I'm so keen to do that 500 mile thing of me. Yeah, me too. Anyway, enough about me. Uh, tell me about you. Have you had any more children? Or <laughs> um... no? Thank goodness. I, I must. I as much there's, as that was an amusing. Yeah. There's a supplementary question which I'm not going to ask. Yeah. Uh, no, we're not trying for one either. No, it's, it's, it's the. Uh, um, we're not that we try for any of the others. Uh, by the way, if any of my children are listening to this in the future, big apologies. Yeah. Um, this so is no. Going to be redacted. 
no apart from as the listeners will be aware the puppy is not so much of a puppy anymore now at nine months old um she is um in fertile adolescence and disobedience stage um which is joyful with her older sister getting the hump at eight years old saying get lost um but no everything is good in the hood my side um as we both know um seed all the day job keeps my mind occupied 18 hours of the day six hours with the kids and 15 minutes sleep is the general um rotational uh, stuff but no it's it's been good we've had i mean the funny thing is is that for our listeners a disbenefit or benefit i don't know we, we've had so much going on we've not had much chance to do this but you'll be pleased to hear i think dear listener that we have scheduled now three or four episodes to be recorded over the next six to eight weeks or not as the case may be yeah we'll record it and forget to produce it we are recording yeah. up yes we are just wanted to check oh, Happy days. yeah i yeah. can't do this again we've done we do you know i think we've done that once in our 100 episodes or so that we've done i'm pretty sure 100 hours wowzers um it's a long long time is anybody is anybody listening to us anymore i don't know if you're listening drop us an email obviously this isn't live so we'll read this at some point when you listen to it in probably 2060 when me and jb are long gone um anyway um, you like looking at all the statistics of of our podcast and everything i mean do we have an audience we um, do we do yeah interesting and and sometimes we get random spikes where we get two or three hundred downloads in a day and i think well hang on a minute we've not done anything so i don't know whether when we're doing it on a course or or they just stumble across it and they recommend it to other people i've got no idea but the, the truth is whoever's listening thank you or if you're a bot and you're just transcribing everything we say um poopy 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 try transcribing that <clears throat> that's fair yeah uh, no, no doubt some ai machine is on it as yeah. we speak exactly so uh, as you know um this podcast is all about leadership you'll be forgiven for listening for the last eight minutes of bollocks and uh, thinking this is your just a general chit chat which by the way it could be if that's what you want us to do that's what we'll do um we like to tackle leadership themes and questions um and there is a boatload of stuff going on in, in the wider world right now we also have i think we have a listener question which was sent a couple of weeks ago which perhaps we'll draw up to kick off questions if you have a question anything leadership related we love you to email into the show i hate that word that's what steve oh he's gonna email the show <laughs> uh email into the podcast for fuck's sake uh glp at oh, this Seedle. is going to be an expletive version it is. of our podcast uh, normally it's you that does the swear but i thought well, if i Absolutely do it then it gives not. gives license um so yeah email your your leadership questions to glp for global leadership podcast glp at seedle.com that comes through to us and we'll then answer it at the next available episode if we have time if we get an, an absolute wash of questions we sometimes push them back but if they're a good question we'll we'll definitely prioritize it so there is a listener question coming up a bit later on a uh, jb um leadership ain't easy at the moment is it if we were a politician running a country with lots of conflict and what seemingly seems to be an increasing amount of uncertainty because we have to surely create some clarity and vision for our people despite what's going on in the outside world um forgetting which country or which political parties here what the bloody hell would you do about this if this was happening in corporate land well um we've we've got a lot of uh, movement haven't we in politics uh in in all sorts of directions um and and, and i think um there is this kind of move to to more sort of populist uh populism stance uh in uh, many countries including our own and you know it it, it it's difficult i think sometimes to um, come away from that you know if if you've got a culture 
that has a kind of charismatic leader uh, that is uh, initially popular and 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 kind of leads by promising uh, and talking about you know the kind of sunny uplands available to to the business now there is a there is a need to 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 actually create a vision uh that is better than what we have today but it's got to be grounded in some sort of realism hasn't it i mean it's got to be it's got to be realistic with a stretch uh, i i think there's an awful lot of uh kind of rhetoric that doesn't kind of deliver so for a leader in corporate land these days i think there could be an opportunity to be reasonable to be fair to be pragmatic to be authentic to have high levels of integrity as the antidote as the opposite um you, you and i often talk about sometimes in middle management areas particularly where where you have a, a a sort of oasis where you have a really great little bit of leadership going on and there's a there's a great sense of values and and you know the people in those teams are known and focused and valued uh and good communication and good collaboration and then look further up the organization and it's a total bloody mess um and there's a lack of authenticity uh there is uh what's right for the business but not necessarily what's right for the people within it or anyone else and you get these you get these sort of bubbles uh of of great leadership uh, in in middle management sometimes um that um that kind of are caught up in a sort of shock absorber moment and i i think there's a there's a real opportunity here uh to to get corporate land to be the an antidote uh to some of the shite that's going on in the political world yeah um and take a stand actually and to be quite to be quite noisy about the expectations of uh integrity and high values in an organization and not to succumb to the same sort of bullshit that we've got going on in in our politics in our world it's it's really tricky isn't it um who would want to be a politician now is is my honest thought and i know well, we're a good point um because there's no way i would have wanted to have been a um a prime minister of a country for example in the uk Theresa may had to go and pick up the mess that was left behind by the previous prime minister off the back of the brexit vote now whether you were in favor or against um the brexit ultimately to then leave because the vote didn't go the way that you'd hoped it means that you're then leaving the, the someone else to clear up what was the mess and of course um that's tricky in itself um then you then have other leaders that have come through politics since um who have also come and gone and i think um We've also had a pandemic, which has affected everyone listening to this podcast in some shape or form. And economies have been turned on their head. Um, and then we add in the mix that I think on the same day that all restrictions ended in the UK for COVID at last, and it has been definite ever, indefinite ever since, um, was the same day that then Russia and Ukraine conflict began. 
So as one set of uncertainty ended, a new set began. And we can now see, obviously, we're broadcasting this in February 24, that there is now obviously additional conflicts going on with with Israel and, and Gaza, amongst other things. And the truth is, is that this is uncharted territory, um, you know, and there, in some respects, when you're leading a world or a country through this sort of stuff, um, there is a balance of communication required by the leader, I would argue, to ensure that we don't create chaos by saying, oh, my goodness, we're all doomed because we need to keep people motivated and inspired that things can get better. But how can we excite people with the outlook look, not looking particularly nice? You know, the economy's in a little bit of a funny place, although fortunately there is a, certainly in the UK and US, there seems to be a shortage of, of workers available, which means that actually unemployment isn't a huge issue, but cost of living's going up and businesses can't keep pace with that, regardless of where you are in the world and regardless of the politics that's in power. You've then got these international conflicts, which inevitably due to treaties that we're all signed up to, most of us are to be dragged into conflict at some point i suspect so with that outlook um you know politicians may be hesitant to say to the what to give that sobering update to their to their nation to say actually do you know what it's a bit crap and we need to batten down the hatches for two or three years and i'm sorry there isn't anything is that going to get you vote winners and the problem is is that as jb and i record this we are on the the cusp of i believe more elections where i think i read somewhere 40 percent of the world are going to a general election in some shape or form yeah. this year yeah. so so you know nearly half of the world's population have an opportunity to change their administration and they say this in the democratized world obviously there might be elections going on elsewhere which i think then tips over halfway where there isn't such an obvious outcome for there is an obvious outcome but it it's not based on <laughs> diplomacy and, and genuine democracy so with with all these things happening, um, number one, why would you want to be a leader? Unfortunately, uh, and it, and I think you know what I wouldn't want to be a leader of a, of a country that you know I think you and me, JB, can make pretty good leaders <laughs> number, of of countries. Um, but my God, no way would I want the public scrutiny because the other challenge we have at the moment, and I think it's becoming increasingly the case in business as well, is how we unify people. Um, we have, and you know, interestingly, if you listen to experts now, um, you know, immigration is going up the charts again across the continent of Europe now, even where previously there was generally an open door policy, people are worried about their their cultures being diluted. It's not about race, it's about their cultures and what's left behind of what they believe their country used to stand for is no longer the case. So you've got all of this playing out and then you need to go and inspire some people to, to be unified and together when there is an increasing sense of division. Uh, and interestingly, again, as we record this, we're four months away from an EU election where there is a strong expectation that centre to right parties are going to take over the EU, where therefore there'll be lots of Brexit repeats potentially happening in the next few years. What does that say? So I, I think that the challenge we all have is that if we believe what we read on Twitter or X or whatever it's called today, that everyone is very divided. But then this week in the British news tabloids, King Charles III, who is seen as our unelected leader, dare I say it, um, has been diagnosed with a, with a rather serious illness. Now, hopefully it's not terminal. Um, we don't know. But that, again, ironically, regardless of your politics, seems to bring people together. Um, the coronation last year, <clears throat> there were people sat on the sofa together of the left and the right of politics, both piling love on their monarch. 
Um, and it was as it for me at the time was quite a nice feeling of well, I'm not particularly a lover of the you know I, I think they're good for the economy actually I, you know and I think they they stand for good and therefore I'm okay with it. If they weren't if they were more dictator like, I would have a different feeling. But putting all that aside, I appreciated how united we were as a kingdom um, when we can get behind something. So is the role of a leader right now to work out what we can unify everybody on and forget everything else? Or do we need to get to the elephant in the room, JB? That's a, the, one of the most random monologues I've ever done. Ooh. I feel like I'm James O'Brien all of a sudden. Wow. That's After the ads, a, your calls. That's, that's, quite a, that's quite a monologue. Um, well, I um, want to kind of unpick that a little bit. Um, I thought you might. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't... I, in reverse order... I, I don't know how relevant the British monarchy is to anyone under the age of 30 in this country. Um, I, 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 I mean, I'm 120 and... You've met I, our current king, haven't you, as well? I, I, I met the current king and we, we had a little chat about um, classic FM, actually. And he said, oh, well, I, pre I prefer to hear the whole piece. Okay. Okay, your 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 honour, your kingness, um, fair enough. <laughs> and I was there uh, representing uh, commercial radio and um, classic FM. So uh, I thought, okay, well that's that's fine. Um, but anyway, the the um, I I don't know what what the uh, monarch really is there for anymore. Uh, I I'm, I'm I'll buy the fact that a lot of people buy uh, the royalty probably literally I'm not going to be too rude but you know hey there's all sorts of um duchy of cornwall stuff that um comes out now and again anyway i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get all mean about it but i just i don't i don't know in terms of what we're facing mm. um what can the king do uh about the crisis uh the the incoming crisis with um global warming um and climate change and i know he's banged on about it for years but now it, it bizarrely is king you know he's kind of out of step with his with his government it's a little bit difficult for him to be vocal about it anymore uh so and ironically I, I, the opposition party just yesterday by the way have repealed their pledge to invest a load in environment just just at the moment when new figures are coming in to say mm. that um you know that the, the climate is rising to a point that is uh, hitherto uh, unimagined, uh, unimagined. So um, you know we are we are facing a massive. All of these things are intertwined, aren't they? You know. Yeah, so yeah. you know we talk about um, migration uh, into our into our country, legal or illegal. Uh, this is this is just the the, the tip of the iceberg. Uh, to, to in terms that's a, a strange metaphor, isn't it? Because there probably won't be any icebergs too or anything. <laughs> But I, you know, so um, well, maybe the, maybe the iceberg is not so big after all. Maybe the tip is just the tip and we're job done. <laughs> but, we, you know, so so, you know, how are we how are we preparing for this um, whole sale destruction of, of major parts of our, our world with politicians who are completely out of sync mm. with this disaster coming our way? And, you know, pick, picking at the the migrant um, rather than tackling the main issue seems to be to be uh, a little bit kind of ridiculous frankly 
What's the one thing then that we can unite everybody on, regardless of politics? I only use the monarch because I felt there was a sense of unity. But and and at the moment, you walk you walk out, you know, like we're talking now. You know, that there's clearly going to be listeners thinking that they're in agreement with climate change, against climate change, yeah. in favour of Brexit, against Brexit. You know, in favour of conflict in Russia versus Ukraine on one side or the other, Israel, Gaza. The list goes on. How how on earth do you and I, to your point, this oasis you've talked about before? So if we lead a country or if we lead a business um you know and there is division probably not on the scale that we're talking about with the wider news articles how what what do we pick to unite our people and how do we get people united to feel that we are together when there is so much division and conflict and uncertainty i can i can answer it with one word for now and it's called empathy uh, because i think we need a boatload uh, of empathy before we deal with a boatload of migrants. I, I think I think empathy um, is so important uh, in terms of uh, leaders genuinely understanding the moment and, and the momentous moment that we find ourselves in the world right now. You know, there is a, an, an awful lot of chaos and uncertainty going on in in the world and and you know we don't know one of those big elections that's going to happen this year is the uh, american election and that could be i think that could be an absolute critical change uh in the the the, the kind of the, what what people are clinging on to now for safety and security is is some sort of position that America continue can can continue to take, but there is a tendency, I think, for it to 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 go inward rather than outward. It wants it wants to retreat. Uh, China's on the move, um, and I, I, incidentally, they are. Um... So empathy, you say? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you know because I think we've all we've all got a we've all got a. Um, be able to have conversations with our people yeah. about these very everyone's got something to be worried about at the mm. moment haven't they yes. i mean if you go to a pub as i do quite frequently <laughs> and have chats with people you know the, the 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 issues are cost of living yeah you know people are but is this going to go on forever you yeah. know am I, I can't even afford another pint you know which is probably why i'm broke because i be, keep buying people pints um, you know, people that, you know, that's that's a kind of mind level. People are really struggling to put food on the table in a, in a lot of in a lot of countries. And that's that's the number one um, area. The, the second area is people are uh, really worried about the health resources, um, being able to get their, you know, diabetic tablets or being able to see a doctor or, you know, if they God forbid, um, you know, get some sort of illness like cancer, are they going to get the kind of treatment? The pathway in this country, in the UK, for example, is is appalling. And, and compared to other um, European countries, we're way down the league table in terms of uh, diagnosis and, and follow-up care. So, um, you know, these these are the big issues for people, and yet they are still going to work. You know, they're going into the workplace. They've got all of this worry about granddad and mum and kids. And do you know, in, in nine uh, out of 10 people cannot get a dental appointment right now. 
I don't bother trying. I've I've got lovely gnashes. Well, I'm worried about mine. Um, They look beautiful. Well, they're they're as old as me, and (laughs) you know, and and I know, but mine shouldn't be lasting that much longer. And I'm just hope they. I hope my teeth carry on. In fact, my teeth are probably going to be the last (laughs) things that that exist on me. But yeah, they're okay for now. Nothing, no problems to report. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what happens when me and JB don't have a theme for a podcast. <laughs> JB's teeth. JB's the, teeth. and The longevity of JB's teeth in yeah. comparison to the rest of his body. Which ones? It's like Liz Truss, our previous prime minister. Um, was um, She only the last one, was she? Okay. Well, she uh, did the, a lettuce outlived uh, Liz, Liz Truss. I think my teeth could outlive me. That's surely got to be one thing where the tabloid got that story completely right, surely. I think even even the people that hated the Daily Star, I think it was the newspaper that ran that. Um, yeah, hilarious. Don't you think that was... You see, that there, there you go. So that that is another thing that I think is absolute. So empathy, comedy. Mm. I think, I think um, you and I, uh, whether anyone likes this podcast or not, <laughs> we, we talk a lot of shit and we have a lot of laughs. Yes. We're always having a laugh and... Um, the, the thing that I, I'm always keen to get across is this kind of environment in, in work where we have this opportunity to learn, uh, we have this opportunity to perform what we're good at and get better at it, um, and also to enjoy things. And, and wouldn't it be awful if we just go to work and it's just really dull and serious? And this, this almost gets me into another point. Oh, my God, we're going everywhere. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of bosses who just think everyone should come back to work. Full stop. End of story. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's there's none of this hybrid, none of this working from home stuff, and banning working from home on Friday. I what's your what's your view on that? And in terms of this idea of empathy and and learning and performing and enjoying work as the antidote to all this shit that's going on in the world. I have to say I, I subscribe to it. Um, I think if you have, you and I talk about VUCA a lot, don't we? I know we use our own definitions for it, which is um, volatility, uncertainty, control, and forgotten the last one, arsewipe, <laughs> whatever it stands for, A. <laughs> um, and I think during periods of uncertainty, we want to have a greater sense of control. And I often think that I was talking to one of our colleagues that I work with, and they said that work has been their complete sanctuary for the last year because I've had an awful lot of stuff going on in their personal life. And you all know I've had a bit of uncertainty into my personal mm. life with a with a bereavement. Yeah. Um, and work has been my saviour. So I would argue, yeah, I think that you know, that we need to get this balance right of 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 learning, enjoyment, and performance as is kind of this hybrid. And um, I think where people really struggle in part it's because they haven't got that those three in balance um i'm thinking of a friend at the moment who's who who quit the rat run um to go and become a property developer and has had huge mental health issues in the last couple of years and i think it's because they've not felt like they're performing um they might be learning a bit but they're you know rattling around these houses um and they're they're not enjoying it particularly um you know quite lonely i should think that yeah and after covid even even more so because you know a lot of that work stopped during that period and i think I, so I do subscribe to the the idea that work should be a combination of those three things. Yeah. So I think, and I think we're getting somewhere. 
yeah. I think, I think there is making... there is a point to this episode. Thank, thank yeah, fuck no, for that. I, we're st- we're stumbling around, but I think we're making some progress in terms of work being the antidote to shit. And uh, you know, I think it's too black and white to say that you either go back to work or you you know stay at home. Um, and Just fuck it. Yeah, I I think. Sorry me, about the language today, by the way. To me, I think there's a there's a there's a lovely combination. Actually, I wish we could do this in a pub. I'd love to go and chat about this. In we pub. did do that episode in the pub, didn't we, last year? Your pub. Yeah, I'd love we do to do it again. And then get some some people in the pub to come and talk to us about it. Because um, uh, that would be great. Just doing some little box pops live and getting people talking about what, you know, what in this global world of, of chaos. And mind you, if they're in the pub, they probably don't really think that much about the global world. They'd say they've gone to the pub to get away from it. Well, so, <laughs> Um, so work, work though, um, is is such an antidote to uh, a miserable world. It can be, yeah. and I'll, I'll, I'm considerably older than most of the people on this podcast. If you add up all their ages, um, and um, or listening to this podcast rather, I I know quite a people, a lot of people who've retired. I'm that old, and and some of them are really bored they're really they're really bored i i can't afford to be bored because it would actually do my head in and i think i would just shrivel up and um, a bit a little bit like putting salt on a slug um they just shrivel up and die a painful death <laughs> and i i don't want to be i don't want to be a shriveled up salted slug i i i love doing these webinars and i love getting out and doing workshops i love using my brain to <coughs> you know produce kind of learning content and it does come back to that um it's about learning isn't it it's about it creating, it's creating an environment where people can go to a place or or check in online um make make something good for the common good hopefully something pretty cool pretty dynamic uh that's going to make a difference to people's lives work with some really cool people, learn, learn some good stuff, uh, feel good uh, about what you do. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm nearly at the top of my game. Uh, I'm, what is it, consciously uh, competent? competent. Yeah. But I want to be unconsciously competent. I yes. don't want to even think about it more. I'm, I'm just so damn good at this. that I don't Autotelic, need... you used to call it. Oh, yeah, autotelic. I want to be, I want to, you know, getting to, and of course, I don't think any of us ever really get to, to, to kind of no. the end of that, which is part of the excitement. Healthy, yeah. It is, it's, it's a healthy thing. May, may I add to the mix here, and as JB touched on a minute ago, I do think we're getting somewhere with all this stuff. So as a leader... I think JB's absolutely right that we need to create the conditions in work that give people that sanctuary because actually I've not watched the news now for three weeks and I used to be average watcher of the news, but I've just got too depressed with it. Um, and I, me too. Me yeah. too and I don't watch question time anymore, which is the no. UK politics show. Cause I just think it's so no. divisive and um, you know, you agree with some point with the way it's delivered. It's just, they're just, it's one upmanship and gotcha moments and yeah. Vox pops. It's just not healthy. Um, but I agree with JB here. And I think, um, I think JB's helped us, nurtured us into this conclusion that <clears throat> with all the, excuse me, all the rubbish going on in the world outside, what we can do is create an oasis for our people where actually they do feel that they have a sense of control, they have a sense of purpose and have a sense of belonging. And actually, dare I say, is work going to be the, the preferred place if it's all going a bit haywire outside of work? Um, we and can escape. It, as, it, 
and is it is it always going to be like this mm. um you know we've had the suez canal crisis we've had um the cold war uh we've had the bay of pigs and this is not necessarily cro chronologically in order it's what's randomly coming into my head <laughs> it's um, a me medieval one that one wasn't it yeah we've got the boer war um you know <laughs> but the, you know there is there, there is always uh, i am told by the older generation considerably older than me that you know well there's always been uncertainty there's always been a war around the corner yeah you know, there's always been uh moments where we have a cost of living crisis and we're you know we're we're we've got rations and you know this is to them this is kind of business as usual this is the cycle that the world goes through and i'm not necessarily that i'm not entirely sure that i agree with this because you know this seems to be to be a perfect storm mm. right now it does seem to be a perfect storm i was talking to my uh, eldest daughter who's an opera singer and now mum of two kids and hoping to go back to that world um she she admitted to me on the sofa during a little bit of you know a little chat and she said dad i i just feel so uncertain about the future and i, I you know she's never taken uh, almost the opposite of you and me actually um she's never been interested in politics she never knew anything about it and thought i was an old bore if i talked about it <laughs> but now she's the one that's talking to me did you, did you hear what nigel farage or some other person said the other day no i didn't because i try not to um, but she's she's tuning into it and feeling really uncertain and and really really depressed and mm. I, I I think right okay well work work back back to work because if you can um, you know find find a way to do work and um, well you're sat in your shed aren't you right now you know so this is your your yeah. sanctuary oh do you know that that so I built this shed in lockdown. There was sod else to do. So what do you do? You build a you build a studio in the bottom of your garden. Um, and my garden, as you know, Ant, there's no access to it. And my house has four floors. And it would have meant, and it did mean that all the materials for this shed had to be bought through um, all the all the stories of the house to get it here. So I couldn't get one of those kits and stick it in the back of the garden. It was not an option. And getting a helicopter to fly one in was also not an option. Um, so uh, bit by bit, uh, by hand, I, I put the foundations in and um, built this uh, studio, um, which I love, actually. And you're quite right. It is my work sanctuary. So I write in here. Uh, I do my webinars. I come up with all sorts of crazy ideas. And I thoroughly recommend it to anybody. And also... Another point, and this is a, ta a, a little ta a, a, a lady picked me up on this in the in in the pub the other day, and because we were talking, you know how you, people joke about man sheds and things. Yes. And um, she she said, well, it, th this whole conversation is it wasn't just me; it was a whole lot of other blokes. But incidentally, and um, she she said it's all a bit sexist um, because she said I'd love a I'd love a shed, I'd love a shed like yours. Uh, and it, it's not just about men and sheds, although, you know, yeah. there is a men's shed charity, isn't there, around the UK, which is all about, um, you know, uh, bereaved uh, men um, to go and do woodwork with other men. Um, it's interesting. Well, uh, what about I agree women? with you. 
I oh, I, I agree with you. Uh, may I just uh, may I just do a little shout out to our sponsors, Dawson's Garden Sheds and Doors. Ah. Uh, they uh, <laughs> they are available over their January sale now yeah. on. I seriously, when I built this, um, and I put a lot of love and care into it. And in fact, um, we, my wife and I were thinking about selling the house uh, last year and doing that dreadful, dreadful thing of downsizing to something a little bit smaller. And um, she said, darling, we can't sell the house because of your shed. No, I, she, she said all the, all the effort and all the love that you put into that thing. We cannot possibly sell the house. And she was being absolutely serious. And do you know what? She's right. And yeah. I, me and my colleague Joe at Seedle went and visited your shed, didn't we? Um, when yeah. we came to visit you. But ironically, you'd been, it's your fourth year of, of, of living in the shed. <laughs> <laughs> and Any day now, probably will have to. Yeah, um, but there you go. Um, we have 10 minutes left in the podcast. We have a listener question. Oh, good. Yes. Um, good. Which I'm not sure. Did you ever watch The Traitors? No, I, um, I, do you know, uh, for the same reason that, that we've been saying, we just want to kind of cut out some of the shit. Why would you, why would you want to invite those awful people that you used to have to work with in the old days into your, into your sitting room and watch them being horrible? Uh, I, I, oh. and when I say that, I'm, I'm not all the people that are just, caveat not all the people that i work but but you get people like that in organizations who are stabbing your back and trying to get rid of people and i don't like i don't like the idea of it so i i would so it's it's a shame actually because i think from because you, you're obviously a qualified wd40 uh stamped uh psychologist i, I spray it on, under my arms every day yeah um, and I think from the psychology perspective, I think you'd find it fascinating, personally. Um, I didn't think I'd like it because I thought it's just another reality show, but it's not. That's what I like about it. It's a game show, but it's quite interesting. Um, anyway, I would say... My watch wife the loves it. And I'm oh, probably she? being an old fixed mindset old bugger, so maybe you're <laughs> right, and Watch episode one of series one, and then... So, I, so my dad, who's 80 years old, as you know, um, who's had a bit of a tough year last year, um, I went over to visit him um, a fortnight ago. I thought better checking in again. So we went over, went, over, went out for a, a pint and stuff. And we said, nice, even got back. And he said, what do you want to watch on telly then? I said, oh, I don't mind. He said, do you watch this Traitors program? I've watched watched a trailer and thought it's not for me. And I said, well, you can watch an episode if you want. And he said, oh, okay, I'll, I'll watch. I said, well, if you're going to watch one, watch the first series, because then you can watch the second series after watching the first series, if you like it. Thinking he was going to say, well, I don't know, bollocks. Not he would use those words. Anyway. Three hours later, on episode three, um, do you want another beer, Ant? It's this midnight, this, but I said, Dad, I'm, I'm going to go to bed. I've got work in the morning. Anyway, I think my, my, my son then turned 13 last week. He then um, um, called him to say thank you for my birthday present and money. And then my dad spent the next 10 minutes talking about the Traitors series too, that he basically sat and watched the entire two series. So 20 hours worth of television in the space of a week. Okay. Inadvertently, your dad has inspired me once again. <laughs> uh, and so, right. Okay. I, but I'm not going to watch back series because I, I, it's almost like when I watch the rugby, I can't watch it on. Uh, well, they're not they're not chronological anyway. So if you watch the second series, I suspect you'll then want to watch the anyway. Watch anyway. Let the, so the uh, sorry, we should get to the listeners emailed in. <laughs> um, the question is: I've watched yeah. the traitors and manipulative behaviour reminds me of what oh. I see at work. What does it teach oh. us as leaders, good or bad? P.S. Long time attendee of your webinars. Um, 
So thank you for that that question, um, dear listener. So what can we learn about manipulative behavior? And, and this is the thing, isn't it? So again, JB, I'll explain for your benefit and the listeners that haven't seen the traitors. Um, ordinarily, you can smell a liar um, and dishonesty because you have evidence to suggest otherwise. The challenge with the traitors is that they do things without you even realizing so it's all done behind they 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 the way the producers and the game show works is all the murdering as they call it is done in complete secret so therefore um until that person's outed and interestingly with this particular series they have a spin-off show which shows you the people that have just been murdered um finding out who the actual traitors are and it's hilarious so they go oh my goodness i'd have never known and by all accounts they then I read in the FT, they did some research that said that, you know, that, that actually the human mind is not particularly good at finding out lies unless there's evidence. That's the bottom line. And um, anyway, and so to answer your question, I think um, spin is useful if you need it, um, but just be careful about leaving evidence in your wake. I think you need to be honest about the things you can be honest about and 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 be honest about the things you can't be. I can't talk about that because I think it's quite powerful as a leader um, if there's an elephant in the room that you can't talk about, such as job changes or those sorts of things or the business is doing certain things that aren't particularly good right now, not ethically, but I mean just performance-wise. Um, and again, linked to what me and JB were talking about earlier on in this episode, actually, you know, if there's lots of chaos going on in your organisation, pick pick the conversations you want to talk about that that give people that sense of, of comfort and certainty. Um, and woe be you if you decide to go and tell them about how bad it is. So often me and JB have seen when things are good in a business, leaders are all coming across pretty well. It's how you as a line manager behave when things aren't good in a business and performance isn't where it needs to be that shows whether that person will follow you to the next organization. If you behave like a traitor, and or you start to play up and say that you disagree with what the company are doing and things as a line manager, um, regardless of whether that direct report agrees with you or not, they see your behavior as is not particularly comforting to them. Um, so we need to be careful. And I do think that constructive manipulation of how you feel is important. Um, and therefore, um, giving that sense of clarity where you can is really useful. That's my take on a limited way without giving too much context away to traitors yeah how, i mean how long do manipulative people get away with being manipulative at work <sighs> unfortunately you and me have seen several that survived and did very well out of their organizations and they were even i think the this is the problem jb i think some businesses they they if they hire a really expensive senior executive it's not in the interest of the private equity backed organization to say they were a shit show because it makes them look like they're bad decision yeah. makers and selection of talent yeah. so therefore i think that sometimes those manipulative people can get away with it for so long because you know we we can't just fire them immediately because that suggests we did a bad job of hiring in the first place i mean if they're truly good manipulators if they're truly manipulative they will cover their ass they'll cover mm. their tracks uh brilliantly won't they um unseen uh and I, I, I'm trying to, I mean, I haven't seen traitors, but I've got the gist of what you're saying. And I, I can think of people who were known manipulators, manipulative people. They were known. And like you were saying, you know, they're kept in position because of some reason. They're, they're the CEO's mate or, you know, they've been put into that powerful position and it's too much of a climb down for anyone to say, you know, that they're 
bloody awful. Yes. Um, but then, but then, you know, how many people have you and I worked with, and we didn't know that they were traitors or manipulators? I wonder mm. whether you know the oh that lovely smiley guy in accounts. He's I yeah yeah I agree. There. But you know. Or, um, you know, that lovely sales um, lady, what's her name, blah, blah. You know, do, do, oh, my God, you're kidding. What they, they, they took, you know, a whole load of people and, and shoved them under a bus and no one knew about it? Oh, my yeah. God, it's me. Agreed. Agreed. And I think the, the, the wise words I was given once is, and it was by someone at the radio group you and me um, never worked together at, but we were in the same organisation at the same time, which was, don't piss too many people off on your way up because you don't know who you're going to need on the way back down. Yeah. And I think there's stuck. a reluctance. There's a reluctance in a lot of organisations to actually get rid of these people when the evidence is presented. Yes, um, definitely. You know, it's like, you know, they're, they're, there's loads of evidence, but they keep they keep them on because they're hitting their targets or, yeah. you know, they're, 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 the clients love them. I've, I had, I've had that before. <laughs> um but the clients yeah. love really good salespeople um so replace them with a re with another really good salesperson this this person is ruining this team yeah and they've got really shit values and they're manipulating yeah. people to do really bad things i can i can i've got someone's come to mind actually and and um well you and me uh, worked with someone and we came off the program saying power yeah. over not power with yeah they were manipulating yeah, yeah. and they gave everyone the impression that they were all on their side but it was all about their own agenda which you know we we have to be slightly selfish i suppose in in our worlds but you you need to bring people with you not not because of you and not then be thankful to you for it i'm always um, always always mindful and of um i'm sorry if we're running out of time no, no. um i'm always you know when we've got 20 or 30 faces um sitting in front of us um you know are are there people amongst that group of eyes that are going to kick against that, are, that and and you know are they going to start um influencing others uh in in and because it can happen you can get a sort of like a trickle you know they can start firing off questions that are, are you know the intent behind the question uh, can be to to kind of make us react uh, and and actually you know they're trying to get other people to think that we uh, you know we're the wrong people there at that particular moment to do what needs to be done mm. and you can feel it can't you? you know you can feel that some people want to do that they want to manipulate the other people in the room against us because they don't want to be there. Yeah. And they think they're too big for this for this training or whatever we're doing with them. Um, and you, you sometimes notice it. You can you can sometimes feel it. It's very rare. Mm. Um, and, and then I know you and I, we're, we're, we're having a conversation about how can we kind of reduce that uh, yeah. and, and challenge it sometimes. And that that can be uh, it can be quite uncomfortable, but it's necessary to do sometimes. Yeah, it is. Um, in the next episode, we want to tackle the conversation around hybrid working and leading through hybrid teams. And the reason I say that is in the last few weeks has been new research about the neglect that new employees coming into the workforce are now experiencing as a result of the fact that they probably were, went to university and a senior school whilst COVID was happening and they're now coming into the workplace and they get all excited about going back to a space again and they turn up and the office is empty and told, stick on your jeans 
um, you can go and do everything from home and what's missing for those people in terms of culture. So I'd like to tackle Great. that in our next That's episode. If you have listener questions, we'd love to include that as well. I hope um, traitor person that submitted that question anonymously, um, that was a value to you. Maybe the wider episode would have been. JB and I didn't know where we were going to end. We didn't have a goal set for this conversation other than some meaningful takeaways. And hopefully you got that from us uh, today. Uh, other than that, GLP, Global Leadership Podcast, GLP at Seedle.com is the email address. So send in your questions and we'd love to tackle them in the next episode. Mr. Bradley, I sense you want to say something to wrap things up. Well, not really. I j- just a bit peckish. Um, I'm, I'm late to lunch. And yesterday, and mm. uh, I, I got this great big delivery, which is my new air fryer. Oh, game changer. And I've never used an air fryer, um, but I've joined a, face group, a Facebook group on air frying. How sad is that? Mm. I'm following various people. Um, and so we have a, a bit of salmon and some mange too and a bit of nice. stuff and we're going to put that in the air fryer and see what happens i'm so excited it's like it'll be an experiment in the kitchen in a minute i think you can do a roast chicken a whole roast chicken in 25 minutes i think you have you got one yeah nicola swears by it my wife really oh yeah it's come and she's she's as you may know she's a big passionate home cook and everyone loves her food and she's done all sorts of experiments she's done a whole roast dinner in it before so part, so the carrots the potatoes and the chicken all in there together and it tastes like it's been oven roasted. So this whole oven roast and microwave conversation, we may need to rethink on an air fryer conversation. We've been air fried. How do we have quality conversations that are compact? There you go. There's an air fry conversation. The air uh, fryer is the hybrid then, because it's quick, it's efficient, sort of a bit microwave wavish. But yeah. everything that I've read about this thing is that it's the best quality oven roast. Yes. Uh, available. There's nothing artificial about air frying. And that's what happens with the microwave. There's lots of artificial foods that go in a microwave minute. Anyway, hey, we've got a whole other episode that we, now we've fucking come to our senses. <laughs> <laughs> we've been talking bollocks for the last hour and five minutes, dear listener, but don't worry. We've, we've now realised we've got a whole episode under our bonnet. So hybrid working and air fryer conversations. That's the theme <laughs> for the next. Do subscribe. I hope you still, is anyone, are you still Hello? listening? Hello. Hello. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, uh, I've been Anthony. And I've been JB. We might talk bollocks, but hopefully it's good bollocks. Goodbye. Good bollocks. I mean, goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye.